You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Well, welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. It has been a hot minute. I took a bit of a hiatus, multiple months off, but we are indeed back. And this entire new version of the podcast is indeed brought to you by DistroKid. More on that later. But I would love to welcome my guest, my good friend, Joe Buscema. What's going on, Joe? Say hi to the people. Say hi. Hi, people. How are you, people? There he is. Uh, Where are you talking to us from, Joe? Toronto, Canada, the cold, treacherous winter of Toronto, Canada. That's where I am right now. Beautiful city. Love it here. I'm glad I'm not in America right now, but it is fucking cold. Not going to complain too much, though. Not going to complain too, too much. You know, it's funny. Two things on what you just said. First, the weather. I always complain about Portland, Oregon's weather. Oh, bro, I'll trade you right now. That's what I was just going to say. Every time I talk <laughs> up Toronto... I'm like, yeah, you, we got it pretty damn good down here. Yes, you do. And then the second thing about America, you know, you can see in the background, I got an American flag. Yeah. I even had an American flag on my microphone. I am a patriot. I was born on the 4th of July. Oh, wow. I believe in this country immensely, but I am also very progressive. I'm a, you know, liberal on most things, conservative on some other things, but that's all to say that I'm absolutely heartbroken with what's going on and it's... It's been a bummer, man. You know, like COVID in 2020 wasn't enough. And then the first week of January, our stupid president incites a coup on the the Capitol building. Yeah, dude. I heard somebody say January is the 13th month of 2020. And I was like, that's the most accurate thing I've heard in a very long time. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, you know, kind of like you, the second I start complaining about you know, something like the weather in a country like Canada. It's like, you know what, like other people are, you know, dealing with worse things at the moment. I honestly love America too. I think there's a lot of reasons to be proud of the country right now isn't a proud moment. It's obviously not a proud moment, but doesn't mean that, you know, you guys haven't done incredible things in the past and won't do incredible things moving forward. Everyone, every country has their, uh, has their ups and downs, right? So, Yeah, it's a weird country. It's hard to explain to people that have never visited America. And it's even hard to explain to yourself as an American or even to you who's our neighbor. I mean, you're, you're essentially our, our cousin and you've been to America a bunch. You know, you lived in Los Angeles for a time. Yeah. So it's interesting that America is all one country. <laughs> That's what I tell everybody I talk to. Yeah. Oregon couldn't be any more different than, say, Texas. Those are two different countries. Absolutely. Like, uh, I tell people uh, all the time, there's about, like, 10 different countries within uh, America. Like, I consider 
Oregon, Washington State, and California its own thing. Probably loop Hawaii in with that too. I've actually never been to Hawaii. That's like one of the few states I haven't been to. Um, and then, you know, like Texas, Arizona, and probably like New Mexico. Yeah, it's like that can all be looped in as one thing. Then there's like the Southern Swamp. Then there's the like little bit Northern South, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then the Northeast, like New England is its own fucking thing, which I love New England so much. And then the Midwest is its own country too. Yeah, there's like 10, 10 different countries like within a country. It's crazy. Canada, it's like outside of Toronto, everything outside of Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, and Halifax. It's like when you're driving north and getting into like the Western provinces is just all the fucking same. It's just the exact same thing. And that's like most of our land, you know? Yeah. I mean, Oregon or not Oregon, America has so many cultural ups and downs. There's things about America that can only exist here. You know, there's one of my favorite people of all time is Hunter S. Thompson. Who's a yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I even have a tattoo dedicated to him when he died. And you know, someone like him is so uniquely American. That guy can't exist in the UK. That's not a Canadian guy. That's not a, an Australian guy. That's a guy that that's a, a, a product of America. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, Anthony Bourdain is an American. Think of all the bands that have come from America that we all love. Nirvana, uh, you know, Deftones and all the bands we, you and I grew up listening to. That, that's all American product. And Rancid. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. Like that's so uniquely. <laughs> it, it's, it's like a British punk influence run through the filter of California. 100%. And that's beautiful. The fucking Ramones. The Ramones. I think of the U.S. flag when I think of the fucking Ramones, you know? That's the America I love. That's the America I'm willing to die for. That's what I love. Anyway, this is not a political podcast in any stretch of the imagination, but I did want to kind of open that up because people are obviously inundated right now with all the news coming in about the, the siege on the Capitol. And I think it's important for us to remember that part of America, the America that we do like, the America that we do believe in. And especially as musicians, artists, you know, this podcast has a, a, an audience and a demographic that is made up of entrepreneurs, people doing their own damn thing, making music, making art, film. Uh, maybe you're a YouTuber, things of that nature. And so I think it's important to, to remember the things that are good about um, not just America, but the world right now. <laughs> and so, no, absolutely. So uh, anyway, for a, for a transition, that's not the smoothest transition in the world. <laughs> can you go ahead and kind of give a, a quick bio to our audience? Cause for people t- that don't know, I actually had you on stateside podcast when we were at the NAM show together. Yep. That's where you and I first kind of hung out and got to know each other. That was the one episode that got lost in the shuffle and never actually and I, and I apologize for that. You and I have talked about that off air. All good, man. All good. That was actually about a year ago, just under a year ago. Dude, how sad is that? Like Nam would have, I think January 18th was the day I talked to you. I think so. 
something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So, you know, in about a week or so we would have been at NAM. Mm-hmm. you know, a year ago, a week from now. So anyway, that's all to say, welcome back to the show. Can you, you give kind of the, the quick elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Well, my name is Joe Buscema. I'm an artist manager. Uh, I started in the industry by being a 17-year-old kid. I found this band on MySpace and I was like playing in a punk rock band at the time. And I was like, you know what? This is something totally different than what I'm used to, but I want to I wanna help this band. I think I want to be their manager. Managed them for about a year, went on to be their tour manager as they went and progressed and uh, learned a lot from them. And then um, through playing in bands after that, managing a little bit on the side, once my last band had broken up, I decided, you know, it was 2014, top of the year. I was like, it's time for me to be a manager full time again. And I've been doing that pretty steady since, uh, uh, yeah, 2014. That's awesome. So. Uh, can you tell the audience some of the artists that you're managing right now? I currently work with five incredible artists and I try to keep my roster as diverse as possible. I manage a great Toronto artist who is 14. Her name is Aviv. Co-manage her with Tanisha Mitchell, who's been working with me for quite some time. And then I also manage a great band also from Ontario. They're called Bearings and they're signed to Pure Noise Records. Um, they actually worked with Alan Day, who you manage, um, on, on a few songs off, not only their last record that just came out, but the record before that as well. So Alan's been a big, you know, helping hand in their, uh, you know, a couple songs for each record of their, uh, you know, process. And then, um, I manage a great band also from Ontario that's called, uh, Dad Sports. They're an indie loaf alternative band uh, signed to Grand Jury Music, incredible record label. Um, and we got a lot of cool shit going on with that. They are a self-produced band. And then um, speaking of self-produced and incredible, a band called Locket that are signed to Fearless Records. And then uh, last but not least, I manage a great artist currently living in LA from Knoxville, Tennessee, speaking of the South. Uh, his name is Ryan Woods, and he is signed to Warner Music. Who also has worked with one of the clients that I manage, Ryan Lewis. Who the only consistent person he works with is Ryan Lewis, who you represent. He's so stoked on Ryan Lewis, and they obviously do a lot of work together. Um, Ryan has co-written a few songs with my Ryan, and uh, and is mixing the whole EP and. Uh, Every time we get a mix from Ryan Lewis, we're like blown away. So, but yeah, his writing, engineering, and mixing, speaking to Ryan Lewis is second to none. It's fucking incredible. Well, yeah, it's pretty cool that you and I have had the opportunity to work together a few times now. And speaking of Aviv, I know that Ryan Lewis and her had a good conversation recently. So hopefully we can follow up on that off air and see if we can get that going. hundred percent. Yeah, I think they're looking to schedule something. So we'll have to talk about it. And then, uh, then someone else you work with actually DM'd me about working with her as well. So we'll have to talk about that offline as well. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Literally this morning, I'm pretty sure it was. This morning or last night. And I was like, cool, dude, I'm going to talk to James today. <laughs> That's so funny. Those sneaky bastards. Here we are, right? Yeah. Always running it through the managers, though. Yes, that's right. 
that's there is a process to this thing there's a reason you and i exist damn it absolutely but it was just a friendly thing obviously and i i was like word i'm talking to james today so uh here we are word well how has your 2020 been you and i have spoke over the year and it's obviously been the weirdest year of all time for everyone uh, obviously mm-hmm. for some people than others i'm very blessed that i i made it out healthy most of my loved ones have made it out fine the only real impact i've had is the endless purgatory that we all live in where things are closed down and yeah and it's it's had such an effect on the music industry to a degree that i don't really think a lot of people fully understand if you're in music you get it yeah you know i i was trying to explain it to my dad it's like dad i don't think you fully appreciate what touring means for the the music industry and the ability yeah travel and go make a record at a different studio and get off site from where you live and so luckily i'm on a different side of the music industry i don't i don't rely on touring i'm not a booking agent i don't manage an artist that has to make their money off touring i manage music producers and mix engineers that thank god have stayed pretty busy during 2020 um but we've had to adjust right we, we're now doing a ton yeah. of remote producing you know a lot of zoom call producing kind of kind of stuff and a, a lot of mixing has kept everyone afloat but for you you know, managing artists, managing performers, people who do hit the road, especially a band like Bearings, who that's that's like that's how they they cut their teeth is on the road. They were literally on the road in Atlanta or somewhere in Florida. They might have been I think they played Atlanta and they were on their way to Florida when our booking agent called and said, like, yo, this is going away. Like the band needs to get off the road. And they had to drive home from basically the southern states to Ontario. Yeah, so, you know, I don't want to say anything that has been said a thousand times. You know, this past year has been hard for everyone in the music industry. But I, you know, I don't want to spend too much time, you know, swimming in that negative, you know, in that negative space. But what I do want to say is that it has forced us all to show that we can pivot and, you know, strengthen our adversity. And our ability to deal with like the goalposts constantly fucking moving on us. And what I want to say is like, you know, for me as a person, it's kind of forced me to think in ways I've never had to think. Um, starting with myself, you know. So this year was a huge like personal transformation for me. I picked up running um, and decided, fuck it, I'm going to go for a marathon. I ended up running a marathon. I am so proud of you for doing that. Thank you, man. You're like a different guy than when I met you. I'm a doughy fucking fat guy and I need to get off my ass and get that figured out. I've lost some weight and I'm doing jujitsu all the time now. And I'm obsessed. Hell yeah. But yeah, watching your transformation and kind of your dedication to self-care has uh, been really inspiring. Sorry, not to go off track. No, 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 of course. Yeah, no, thank you, man. Seriously. And like, for me, it was just like, you know, there's a lot of things that I can't control with COVID-19. There's a lot of things a lot of people can't fucking control. The one thing I can't control is myself. So, you know, my days are infinitely less busy than when bands are on the road. And so I can go run 10K every day and, you know, not, not find an excuse to be like, oh, I guess, you know, I'm slammed. I can't go run. Meanwhile, like, even if I was, you can still make time. You can get up an hour earlier, get out and get that run in, you know? Um, 
but also too, not just physically, mentally. You know, I think like just being able to think while running has been incredible for me. Um, practicing stuff like meditation, yoga, just doing the best to put my best self out there. And, uh, you know, this time to work on myself has been really good, especially coming into 2021. I don't know. I feel like even though the world's on fire, I can kind of hone in focus and, uh, be able to think clearly. So I'm just, I'm just happy. And, uh, you know, I think my artists are in the best mental states that they can be in. Like, obviously we all have our hard days, especially in COVID. Um, but you know, the goal pulse are moving. We're still going to take our shots. So great to hear, man. And to kind of pivot back to what you said up front about how, you know, you can't control COVID. There's a lot of things in life we can't control. Take, take COVID out of the equation. For, let's pretend that wasn't even a thing. There's a lot of things yeah. that you cannot control. And so this, this thing that you and I grew up on, which is hardcore music, a punk rock ethos, DIY, like do it yourself. And to take that empowerment, it's funny, man, because it's a fine line, right? Like that's like what a lot of conservatives believe, especially in America, is that it's up to you to make your life happen. And for people like you and I, we kind of see both, you know, like sometimes you can't just pull yourself up by your damn bootstraps. There are things around you that are keeping you down and not allowing you to be your best self. 100%. Anxiety and depression is a huge part of that, you know? Exactly. You have to recognize that. Yeah. And I'm, I have no problem saying like, I personally speak to a therapist. A lot of the artists I work with speak to therapists and I'm a fucking believer in it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it helps and there's no shame in it. And it's like, I can control stuff like going for a run. But when it comes to dealing with anxiety and depression, it's like, sometimes there's shit that's bigger than you and that's fine. But a lot of stuff is in your control and you figure that out more as you speak to a therapist and get help from other people. And there's like no, there's no fucking shame in that. There, there's no harm in it. I have no problem telling anybody in the world. And, uh, you know, I just think it helps people. And uh, I want to do my best to show that like, you know, it's, it's working for me. Absolutely. I've seen a therapist. There is a point there where I was seeing three separate therapists. I I can say that publicly. I've talked about it before. I was seeing a marriage counselor for my wife and I. Yeah. A personal therapist for myself that I was seeing before that. And I was talking to an addiction specialist. And getting all three of those at the same time, at one point, I'm just, I I remember kind of just catching myself in the mirror, so to speak, metaphorically. Yeah. And that I had no shame about it that I was really happy that I had done all those things. And eventually that part of my life got better and I didn't need all of that. But I highly recommend people talk to a therapist. And look, even if you don't do the therapy thing, you do what you're talking about, whether it's in business or your own self-care, you know, losing some weight, uh, learning a skill set. Like for me, I'm learning jujitsu, a little self-defense, a little self-empowerment. Hell yeah. And it's also very um, humbling. You know, something about doing something in your life that's really, really difficult and that you're going to suck at for years <laughs> is really, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not up to me. I, I, I go and I bump hands with someone and I roll and I get smashed every time. It's, it's not even an exception. I, I just get smashed every time because <laughs> I am a low belt in jujitsu. 
And so I'm rolling with guys who have done this for five, six, seven, ten years, purple belt. They all started in the same place too, though. Exactly. And so once you get rid of your ego and you stop getting frustrated and you stop trying to win, because that's not the goal. My goal is just to survive a little bit longer, not get choked out as quick, and small increments I'm improving. And so instead of trying to win, I look at those guys and I say, wait, that's, that's a skill set that they have. They're no, they're no different than I am. They're not Superman. They're not something unique to me. And, and you can start applying that to business. You can apply that to the music industry. You can apply that to your, your pursuits. Because, you know, I really want this podcast to transition from just a music-based podcast to a everyone's, you know, anyone that's out there doing your own pursuit, whatever that might be. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I'm a nurse. Maybe you want to you wanna, uh, start a company or you want to open a restaurant. Maybe don't open a restaurant right now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. So yeah, you learn to pivot and to to recognize that self empowerment that you are in control of your own path. You know, is uh is really important, and I think it's a really good message to to people out there right now. Absolutely, and um, as you said about the whole like you know uh uh you know judo thing, it's like same with me, I. I wanted to start running, so I just fucking did it. And I remember my first 5K I did, I was like, <gasps> you know, drenched in sweat, could not breathe, and uh, could not walk for like three days after. I thought it was this huge accomplishment. And then it's like, you know, you see the mountain, right? And like, you just want to fucking climb it. If that be, um, you know, in uh, jujitsu, or if that's, running like for me with my running goals is I want to run an ultra marathon in May, which will be 50 miles. And, um, you know, for people like dealing with depression, addiction, it's like, that is also a mountain. You got to just start fucking climbing. That's it. You know, and stop at nothing. And, uh, I think the important thing with that too, is you got to start climbing as soon as you get the inspiration to climb. Once you see the mountain, you got to just take the fucking first step and not be like, oh, I see the mountain. I'll climb that one day. No, your one day is fucking now. Climb that fucking mountain. That's it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy to say that this episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a service that musicians use to put music into online stores and streaming services. These include iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Title, even TikTok, and many, many more. With DistroKid, you can quickly and easily distribute your music for as little as $19.99 a year. And check this out you keep 100% of your earnings, and you get unlimited uploads for one yearly fee. And to make things even easier, you can split the earnings between you and your bandmates. So when that pesky little bass player of yours gives you a hard time about not giving him his share, tell him to relax and say, DistroKid's got this. So do yourself a favor and get started today. Go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash stateside and get 7% off your first year's membership. Well, I have a question for you because, I again, I want this podcast to apply to the the fan base and, and demographic of this podcast, which is definitely a heavy music industry crowd, but also I want to welcome new people 
to the show that aren't part of our world and gain some perspective and some advice from people like you that they can apply to their own life. So one of the things that I always ask managers, whether it's an artist manager, producer manager, whatever the case is, what are some qualities that you're looking for from your bands, the artists you work with? I, I had someone say something to me. Oh, no. Now I remember it was. It was Nikki Six from Motley Crue. He was talking about his manager and how you know he had a really close relationship with his manager over the years, but he was going off on this sort of idea that he realized that he had to become manageable. Yeah. So many years he wasn't. And he, you know, just went through a bunch of different managers and it just wasn't working. And he finally looked at himself and was like, well, I'm the fucking problem. Yeah. I'm manageable. I don't go along with the program. I'm not, I'm not asking for help. I'm trying to do everything myself. So anyway, can you kind of talk about that for a bit on, on what are some of the qualities you're looking for? Other than music. Yeah, of course. Because like, you know, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of good fucking singers out there. You know, there's a, a lot of incredible singers. Like we can set up a talent showcase in the local mall and we'll have a hundred singers that sing fucking incredible. You know, so like that is not, um, there's no shortage for talent. There's also no shortage for managers. There's no shortage for anyone that's trying to, chase success. You know, it, if it was easy, then we would all fucking do it and try it, you know? And uh, I am by no means this like successful fucking guy. I am on my journey. I'm climbing my mountain. I'm somewhere in the fucking climb of that. But, um, I think a big part of it is honestly what you said is being, is being manageable and having more than just talent. It's like, you got to be the package deal with anything when you're climbing your mountain and you're chasing success, like a, as a manager, I got to be a level-headed person. I got to talk to my industry partners in the way we talk and then bring it to the artist in a, almost a completely different fucking language, you know? And I got to keep level-headed balance through both of those um, extremes. You know, I need to always view things from a helicopter perspective, like, okay, what's, what's, what's really going on here? Consider not only what I want to say, but how I'm going to say it. There's like a whole thought process that goes into it all. But as a manager, what I'm looking for in artists is obviously, you know, is the talent there? Is the songwriting there? You know, next up is not in a shallow way, but image is a big thing. Yes. And not even in an image of like, are you a model by society's terms? Because I don't think that you need to be a certain, you know, height or body figure to be a successful artist. I think that you have to have a unique look to you. You have to, if I'm looking out into a crowd of people, I don't care what shape or size you are. If you fucking stand out, you stand out. And if you can sing, then like, you know, and then, so those are huge things. And then attitude is a fucking big one too, because I, I have come across artists that are very talented, have a pretty good fucking image, but you know, they aren't manageable or maybe don't care as much about the live show as they could, or, um, think that they know better all the time, or, you know, don't do what Nikki six did and take a look in the mirror, which we can all do from time to time. Myself as a manager, I've done it several times. 
look in the mirror and be like, maybe I'm the fucking problem, you know? Um, so I think you got to be the package deal and you got to be willing to work. You got to be willing to fucking work because as I'm saying, there's no shortage of talent. Even if you have all the boxes checked, it's like, are you proactive on your social media? Are you sleeping when I'm trying to call you to set up, you know, writing sessions, publicity, uh, get things going for your music video? Have you submitted your visual treatments? Like you got to literally have all the fucking boxes checked and be ready to work and treat it as close to a full-time job as possible and pray to fucking God that one day it turns into a full-time job. I love it, man. I love that you talked about image too, because that can be, that can be misunderstood. I think because you're not talking about looking like a top 10 model and no, you're, you're t- like, talk about, um, look at Ryan Woods, for example, one of the artists you represent. He, the guy who dresses, looks, and acts like his generation. And when he projects on his Instagram, in his music videos, etc., that speaks to the, his fan base, but he's doing it authentically. And I think that the way that he's going about it is really, really smart. He's making videos that are from home. He's making a ton of stories from his bedroom. That's like super relatable stuff. Half of his audience probably still live at home. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to belittle him, make it sound like he's just a kiddie artist, but I'm just saying. He actually lives on his own in uh, Los Angeles. Well, he does now, but I'm saying it's still something where he's doing it from an organic space. And so it's, it's relatable. And I think that eventually, you know, that'll obviously grow and, you know, maybe it won't be as relatable. But at least it's authentic and it looks cool. <laughs> you know, it like yeah. looks cool. Ryan is just Ryan, right? Like he, he's, not, he's not trying to be anyone else. Like if he's having a bad day and he feels like shit, he'll fucking, you know, like do his best to put his best out there. But he's not afraid to be like, this is me right now. And even though he lives in LA and has for the past year and a bit, he still films shit in his bedroom. He could go to a studio and we're going to do stuff like studio sessions, but he so often is just like, I'm working on a song in my bedroom. I want to show my audience what I'm working on, you know, cause that's who Ryan is and what you see is what you get with that guy. And I fucking love him with all my heart. Yeah, no, I do too. I think he's such a talent. I mean, it's, it's hard to even convey how talented he, he really is. And I think people are going to hear about that as the time goes by and I, I'm rooting for him. Hell yeah. One thing about him is that he, he fully appreciates, and maybe this is just an, an age thing and it just comes with his generation, but he, he gets how important social media is. So can yeah. you kind of talk on that for a while? Like how, how important is an Instagram account, a YouTube account, whatever, whatever the hell, like how important is that part of being an artist today in 2021? Well for, well, for starters, I have had too many conversations with my manager friends that are, are like, yeah, uh, artist I manage, you know, only had a few thousand followers on Instagram, but put this video of their song on TikTok and now we're signing a $500,000 record deal. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like, that's crazy. I have had that conversation, bro, more times than you probably think. Like... 
TikTok is, uh, look, I don't really care for it. You know, there's some funny shit on there. But if you're an artist and you're like not pushing shit on TikTok, especially if you're in the pop culture space of things, then you're missing a huge opportunity. But even just social media in, you know, in general, like for some people, they're big on Twitter. Like Phoebe Bridgers, I have not really listened to much of her music. People tell me I would probably love it, but I haven't listened to much of it. What I can tell you is before I deleted my Twitter app off my phone, that's something I did, sidebar, and I'm very proud of it. But before I did that, I was seeing people retweet her all day, every day. And it's like, that's Phoebe Bridger's platform. You know, she's, she's Twitter. You know, there's a few bands in the scene as well that are very good at working Twitter. Um, and that's where their audience is. And that's where they reach people. The whole point is that you're reaching people. If it be TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, probably not happening on Facebook anymore. But the point is that you reach people. And um, you can't have your manager doing that for you. That's the fucked up thing about it is that I can tell you like, hey, here's shit that you got to post about the release of your song. But even when it comes to like Ryan, you know, hey, you're putting out a song. Let's go over the rollout plan, you know? Okay, cool. Same with dad sports, same with bearings. It's like same with anyone I work with. This is the narrative that we got to get across. Say it in your words. Just make sure that these posts get up on these days. That's it. The rest is up to you. Like, if I try and type a tweet, it's going to be proper, you know, grammar and punctuation and all that bullshit. And it's going to fucking look like some asshole in a polo shirt is typing it out. Yeah, it's going to, you know, like it's coming from management. It's going to look like it's coming from management. But if Ryan Woods does it the way he does it, if Aviv does it the way she does it, then your audience is learning about you and you're reaching people from you. And there's not a filter in the middle. Fuck, fuck that filter. That's bullshit. Like the audience needs to know exactly who you are. I can tell you like, yo, you gotta, you know, we're putting out the song on this day, teaser on this day, uh, follow up posts on these days. And this is what we essentially need to get out there. But you use your language to get it out to your people. Yeah, look, man, I, I come from, you know, late 90s, early 2000s music. That's like my, mm-hmm. my era, for sure. Like when I was... Golden Age, for sure. Third Eye Blind, best band. <laughs> I fucking love Third Eye Blind, dude. I probably worked like three or more of their shows doing production. I think I've seen them live three or four times. You've worked production? Yeah, yeah. We're at a, a venue here in Portland called the Crystal Ballroom. Just like stagehands. Oh, yeah. That's funny because they have a song called Crystal Baller. Nice. And they probably play that at the Crystal Ballroom. That's funny. So, you know, that era of band, they're the, one of the last generations of, of artists where you can be, you know, mysterious and maybe you don't know everything about the band. You only really get to see them in magazine. Interviews and live shows. You know, especially really mysterious rock bands like Tool. You never saw them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, for the like, first couple of years, I didn't even know what they looked like. I still don't know what they look like. They, they could walk right past me. I would have no fucking idea. Well, and that's, that's intentional. Yeah. But they came from an era where you could do that. And look, I get it. I, I miss mysterious rock and roll as well. I, I like that part of, of art. 
And you can still do that. Like you can still have some old school, mysterious sort of analog ways about doing things. Yeah. If you're not on social media, on social media and you're not moving with the times, you're just not, it's just not going to work. It's just not, this applies to producers as well. You know, producers and mix engineers, despite what people think are really, it's the same thing. I'm doing the same thing for them than, that you are for your artist. It's just about yeah. conversation of how do you get your name out there? How do we build a discography? How do we get more work? And in order to do that, you have to put yourself out there. You know, mm-hmm. like Jay Moss, one of the guys I manage, he's all over it, man. He's making videos all the time. He's, he is a straight up video guy now. His studio, his recording studio, is also a video studio. He's got boxes <laughs> on the ceiling, cameras ready to go, boom mics. He is ready to just sit down and start recording. And he's got a I love that. YouTube account. Uh, he does Instagram TV. He does a ton of reviews for products that pay him to do it, by the way. And, because, yeah. and, and most of that paid sponsorship work came from him just doing it himself. And yeah, well, there's so many of my friends that are like, I found out about this product because XYZ producer, you know, like I see it. They're like, oh, I bought this because this is what this guy or this girl uses, you know? Yeah, for sure. And look, it applies to artists too. I mean, who's that guy? Um, I, I'm not a fan of the band. Oh, uh, Ronnie from Falling in Reverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not my cup of tea, right? That's not that's not my kind of band. Whatever. It doesn't matter what I think. That's the whole point of this. It it doesn't matter what you think or what I think. It's about an industry. Yeah, that guy's making money for sure. Not my thing, but kudos to him and his team. Dude, and he I think what I'm trying to get at is that he realized that he is an entertainer first. Yeah. Doing like live Twitch streams now playing video games, talking to the camera, engaging with his audience. Engaging so much so that one time he threw a mic stand at someone. Yeah, and remember, he went to prison at one point. So Yeah, yeah. so disclaimer, while I respect the business side of things, I don't respect a lot of the things that that guy has done, especially to his fans. I just want to come out and say that. You know, it's funny though, man. Like, I don't either. Nobody's perfect, but yeah. I'm a huge fan of bands like the Dillinger Escape Plan. That's like one of my all-time favorite bands super heavy intense band and the singer of dillinger would do very similar shit i mean i I went to a show where he picked up a box fan and threw it at the audience yeah crazy i find that that's different because like you almost expect that walking into the room and it's people that are expecting it and are a little more mature um maybe older in age um, you know, but you have a room full of 15 year olds, a lot of which are impressionable and predominantly female. And you're throwing a fucking mic stand into the crowd. It's like, you could have hit a 13 year old girl in the fucking head. You probably did. And it's like, I can't respect that. Um, what I can respect is, uh, you know, a career in music just, uh, try not to throw shit at your fans. That's all. Yeah, it's different, right? With Dillinger, you step into that, that, that fight club environment where you know that I'm stepping into You know the, what you're getting into. Stepping into the thunder. Yeah. You know, and I know that this is going to get wild. That's why I like the band. It's intense. Um, so, so those are two different things. I, we went off on a tangent there. But 
All good. Well, we are coming up on 40 plus minutes here, Joe. Let's start winding this podcast down for the audience. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, maybe a new song from one of your artists? Well, yeah, Ryan just uh, on Thursday put out his first self-produced song mixed by your Ryan Lewis. Um, song's called How I'm Feeling. Been fucking blown away by the response of it. But what I'm more overwhelmed and blown away by is Ryan's talent. The song is beautiful. Uh, a weird time signature as well. You know, he continues to fucking amaze me. And uh, yeah, it's a great song. Thank you, Spotify and Apple Music for helping us reach the people. And thank you for managing a great fucking artist that we can collab with on it too. But uh, yeah, that came out on Thursday. Also, the Bearings album is still fresh and new for sure. Uh, that came out on November 20th. Um, super thankful for Pure Noise and everyone that has supported that record. Um, Dad Sports recently put out a song called GF Haircut with a music video that is self-produced as well. All their music is. And uh, they are working on an EP that we're going to be announcing shortly. So I'm really stoked about that. Aviv's working on a new song that'll be coming out soon. And we got some cool rollout shit for it. And uh, Lockett's in the studio. So lots of work, lots of uh, creation happening. And just going to continue to do our best, you know? That's really good to hear, man. I'm so happy that your roster is staying busy, learning to pivot, not waiting for anything. That's one of the no. things I love about your roster. It's, it's really creative people that are they're taking advantage of this time instead of crying about it and waiting for it to, to all get back to normal. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I have to be honest, right? Like my bands will still ask me like, hey, do you think this will happen when do you think and uh, i'm like you know what like if i was a hopeful man i would tell you like people are talking about summer and fall um if i was a gambling man i'll tell you you know what probably not going to happen this year so we, like let's put together plans of what of what we can do to roll out you know like i fucking hope it happens this summer i hope we wake up tomorrow and the vaccine is being spread across the fucking world and venue doors are ready to reopen. I fucking hope that's the case from a logical place. I think it's going to be a little while longer. So we got to just think outside the box. We got to get creative. We can't let shit stop us. Give ourselves grace when it does. Cause the world's hard for a lot of fucking people in general. You add this into the mix and it's even harder. So I think that, um, you know, we got to just do all that we can give ourselves grace when we're feeling low. But point is that we get the fuck back up and we keep on going. Yeah, man, I, I agree. We're, we're not waiting on nothing. I wanted to, yep. to your audience that Ryan Wood's Spotify, and this is prior, I think Bad Texter, his first single, was that released prior to him getting signed, Joe? No, uh, he, was, he was signed. Oh, that's right. Before we put out anything at all. Yeah. That's right. East, East, West, right? East West, uh, Warner Music via East West. Yeah. Well, in any case, he put out this song and, you know, he's a young guy. And that song, Bad Texture, now has 2,910,603 streams on Spotify. Something like that. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. I just read it. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> and that new song that he just put out, How I'm Feeling, has 38,900. So I. It is technically more. 
Um, oh, I know. I'm just like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, no, like, uh, honestly, I look at those numbers. Like I look at my stocks that I'm fucking invested in. Like I'm kind of addicted to it. You're such a manager. That's such a manager response to do. I love you for that. That I would do the same thing. Like here I am bragging about your artist thinking you're going to be like, yeah, dude, I know those numbers are so stoked, but no, you do what managers do, which I love you for. You're like, you know what? No, hold on. I, those numbers are probably more. <laughs> they actually are. Cause like Spotify gets you the numbers a day later. So like, so like what anyone sees is 24 hours behind what like me and Ryan see. So, um, I think how I'm feeling is probably at 50,000 right now. And it's insane. Like New Music Friday blessed us up fucking worldwide. We got on every New Music Friday, I think, imaginable. And uh, yeah, it's just been taking off. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking great. You know, um, I, I hope that we can hit 100,000 by a full week. And I think we're going to get it. That's so cool, man. Well, I'm always down to help you guys, whatever stateside can do to share any of the releases, promote the cool stuff you guys are putting out. Always let me know. You are the fucking best. And uh, this is why we do a lot of business together, you know? <laughs> well, where can people find you, Joe? Honestly, I'm kind of low key on social media. My Instagram's private, but if you shoot me a request, I may or may not accept it. It is at the Joe Buscema pretty much can find me anywhere with that handle. Um, and I am actually in the middle of launching a new management company. We're looking at uh, mid-month, next month. So yeah, that's something I'm really stoked about. For artists? Yeah, I'm basically just putting a name on what I do instead of just being like, hi, my name's Joe and I'm an artist manager, you know, <laughs> which is something I have been doing for probably two years now. It's going to be a you know, a proper company with a proper name and, uh, you know, a brand to it as well and a social media. So um, once that's out, then, you know, things will be a bit more accessible because uh, I don't want it to just be like my Instagram profile is also my personal and my artist management. And hey, look, I just went for a fucking run and here's a picture of my niece. You know, it's like, uh, I, I want to like, I will still continue to proudly share my highlighted moments of all areas of my life on my personal page, but I need, I think it's time I just launch a fucking proper company, man. That's it. So well, I'm rooting for you. I know you can do it. Thank you. Well, thanks for being on the, the first episode of the return to stateside podcast. <laughs> the fucking amazing building toppling return. Yeah. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel 
They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.